Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. All right, amen. We are having a good service, I'm telling you. Amen. Already. Praise God. Hey, how many of you would agree that we as God's children should be kind? Okay, it's not a trick question. I know you uh, you're, uh, have trick questions thrown at you all the time. Let me ask you, how many of you believe that we as God's children should be kind? kind yeah. And it's not, it's not just when we're here, it's everywhere we go. It should be noted. It should be noted about God's children, our kindness. And our kindness shows up in a number of ways. It's how we talk to people. I think our expression, acts of kindness. There's so many ways that we can show kindness. And uh, we're wanting to encourage you to be very intentional about doing that. Because sometimes we slip in and slip out of places. And I just want to encourage you to become more and more intentional about that. So we're going to do a thing called acts of kindness. And we have some cards that you can pick up on your way out today. Our Dream Teamers will help you to get those. And we also have, you see the website there, you can go there, and it will give you some ideas on how to be kind in case you don't know how to, how to be kind. And just some practical ways that you can bless people around you. And some of those settings may uh, set it up where you could just leave this card behind for somebody or, or give it to them, something extra to show you that God loves you. And I think it's an important thing to do. You'll be given cards on the way out if you want them. Uh, and cards or no cards, be kind wherever you go. Amen? Uh, we're in the middle of a series, just a three-week series called Live to Give. And this will be week two. Next week I'll finish out this series. Very important, even though it is a shorter series. But then two weeks from today, I'm going to start a six-week series called Anti-Anxiety. Anti-Anxiety. It's a major issue in um, so many, so many lives. A lot of people kind of hide it, deal with it in certain ways. There's, there's stigma that goes with it. And some people are just, you know, their life is virtually out of control. Our culture feeds a lot of that. And uh, what we're going to do, and I am diving deep on this. I've been in research already on this. And uh, we're going to share some ways to help us deal with worry and fear and anxiety. And the, and the Bible has much to say about this, practical ways to help us with this and to prevent this and to lessen this and to get free from this. And so this would be a perfect time to invite people to come because uh, this is certainly a hot topic uh, all over the place. And it's certainly a time that you make sure that you get here, okay? So anti-anxiety, we're going to do some things to help promote that and get that out because I just feel the importance of this. And, and let me just give you the bottom line. Who is it that we're serving? He is the Prince of Peace. And I'm not just going to give you just some r- religious verbiage on this. This is going to be uh, day-to-day stuff that we can actually apply and, and, uh, to our lives that are going to help us as we deal with anxiety, worry, and fear. Amen? All right. Well, let's stand together. We're going to pray, and then we will get into the Word today. I'm so glad you're here. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. 
Lord, we love you, and we just thank you this morning for ordering our steps, bringing us here, getting us through uh, this week. And as we come, God, as we shared already, uh, we've lifted you up, and now we want to listen up. I'm asking you, God, truly for holy information uh, that you'd help every one of us to hear and understand and receive today. We just declare at the beginning here, we are not just hearers of sermons. We are lovers of truth, and we will hear your word and your truth, and not just be hearers, we will be doers. And your word already promised that those that are doers would be blessed. I pray that you'd help us today and help me to deliver your your word in the right way. I pray that when everything is said and done today, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, that you would be pleased that you would be honored, and that these, your people, every single one of them would be helped today. And that's our prayer. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen Amen. and amen. Help me welcome our online campus. God bless you guys. Peace to your house. And how about a big welcome for our East campus today? Come on. Go East. God bless you guys. Let's have a good church. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, as I said, we're in the middle of a series called Live to Give, and I just want to start with this one idea, and we'll build from here. This is the bedrock of this, and let me just go ahead and put this up in front of you. I am blessed. Come on, everybody say it with me. I am blessed. Now, this is so absolutely vital that we uh, drill down, so to speak, on this a little bit. Uh, the fact that we're blessed. Now, that's become part of our jargon, so to speak, you know, Christianese, that I'm blessed. And uh, sometimes I ask people, how are you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. And, I, and they're so st- stressed out looking, you know. It's like, wow. Well, I don't want to be that, you know. So I, I want us to really see this, though. And it's important that you acknowledge that you're blessed, that you see in your life that you're blessed. I'm praying you get a revelation of that. Now, too often we live in comparison and contrast, and we're looking at other times of our life or other people and their life and so forth, and so we may not feel so blessed. That's why I'm telling you, take the time and just kind of wrestle this to the ground, so to speak, so that you can truly say, I am am blessed. I was thinking about it this morning and just, you know, kind of listing a little bit some of my blessings. And uh, I'll just start right here. I'm blessed with my wife. I'm blessed with my kids. I'm blessed that my married kids married well. I'm blessed with my grandbabies. I'm blessed with my dog. I got a really cool dog. Um, I had a safe, warm house. I woke up this morning. On average, a million people do not wake up across the world. I woke up today. I have a vehicle that's reliable with gas in it. I have clothes. I have friends. I'll laugh today. I already have laughed today. I got to freely come to church. My sins are forgiven. I'm never alone. I'm never without help. I'm going to get to eat today. A couple times. 
And think about this too. Uh, we sing this song sometimes. It says, it's your breath in our lungs. So I'll pour out praise. I'm blessed. I think you're blessed. I think you're blessed. You need to know that though. Sometimes we get moody. We get attitudinal. We go inward. And we don't see how blessed you are. And it will serve you well and consequently glorify God and serve others well if you will just stand on this foundational rock. I am blessed. I have everything I need for life and godliness. I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Never leaves me, never forsake. I am blessed. Go ahead and say, I am blessed. Now, it helps you not just to list those blessings, but then to understand why am I blessed? Why am I blessed? I'm blessed, and let me just speak for all of us today. I'm blessed because I have a heavenly Father who loves me. I have a heavenly Father who's crazy about me. The Bible says I am the apple of his eye. You know, and and the Bible says that he who watches over us neither slumbers nor sleeps. So I lie down unafraid and I rest and I have peaceful sleep and sweet dreams. And I wake up in the morning and he has sustained me. We have that kind of heavenly father who knows what things we need of even before we ask. And it is our father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's why I'm blessed. And I'm also, I'm also blessed because he knows how to take good care of his kids. And, he, and he's not, he, de, he shows no favoritism. Bible tells us, be sure of this. God shows no partiality, no favoritism. We're his kids and, you know, we all get invited to lunch. He's going to take care of all of us. This is not about perfection, which leads to the next thing I would say. I am blessed also, and let me speak for you as well. I'm blessed because I endeavor day by day to trust and obey God. When you, not perfect, but endeavor to day by day trust and obey God. And when you trust God and when you obey God, you align your life with the way he wants, you turn in the direction that he wants you to turn. Let me say this to you. God will bless you as much as he can. Some things he cannot bless. And so just as we can align our lives through trust and obedience that invites blessing, that welcomes blessing. It aligns your life with blessing. In the same way, how many of you know this would be true too? It's possible to block blessings. Uh, I don't even want to know how many blessings I've blocked in my own life. How? Through attitudes. How many of you have ever had attitudes? How many of you won't raise your hand right now because I have an attitude? Okay. I see some of y'all. I'm teasing. An attitude can block blessings. Decisions can block blessings. Our behavior can block blessings. Sometimes our companions can block blessings. How about this? Our words can block blessings. And so what we want to do is cooperate with God so we can welcome those blessings. So I'm blessed today. You're blessed today because we're endeavoring. We're not perfect, but we're endeavoring to trust and obey God day by day. Ultimately, then the purpose of us being blessed. Those are the reasons why we're blessed. But we always say it this way too. I'm blessed so that I can what? Be blessed. 
so I can be a blessing, so I can be a blessing. God wants you blessed so that you can be a blessing. How many of you know you wouldn't be a very good lifeguard if you can't swim? Okay, so he wants you blessed so that you can be a blessing. He wants to bring things to you. He also wants to bring things through you. Let me just say this. The blessings of God in your life are not meant to stop with you. So if I had all the ushers come in right now with buckets of chicken, come on, can I get an amen? Amen. Buckets of chicken and handed it to each one on the end of the row. And what if the people on the end of the row just hold it and say, oh, thank you, Jesus, for my chicken. How many of you know there's going to be some noise in this place? You know? And it's like you get what you need, you get what is yours, but then you pass. It's not, the blessings of God are not meant to stop with you. So God takes care of you, but what he brings into your life, what he gives to you, is for you, but it's not all for you. So we are blessed so that we can what? Say it again. So that we can be a blessing. And I believe this too. God never does anything with only one purpose in mind. Anything that God would do serves more than one purpose. And I don't care if it's you all by your lonesome and God blesses you, heals you, helps you, protects you. I'm telling you what, there's purpose way beyond just that event, even though no one else may have noticed it. It would strengthen your faith. It would encourage you. It would do something in and through you that you would be able to help other people as well. And so God blesses us and he wants us to be a blessing. Can the church say amen? Amen. Now, I am blessed, and, and uh, let me read this to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. The Apostle Paul writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. It also, also means help. Go ahead. Who comforts us. Say, that's me. Who comforts us in all our troubles. I'm going to use this verse in our anti-anxiety series as well. He comforts us in all our troubles. Well, come on, read this with me. So that. He, he does this for us. He comforts us in all of our troubles to help us, but also so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So once again, what God blesses us with is for us, but it's not all for us. It doesn't just stop with us. What he has blessed us with, we are blessed so that we can be a blessing. So I'm blessed, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Let's put this up. I'm grateful. There it is. I'm grateful. This is one of the desired and intended targets of God the giver, is that he wants you and I, come on, y'all with me? He wants you and I to be grateful. He is trying to establish and develop a heart condition within you and with, uh, within me that, is, that our heart is grateful. Let me say this to you, that when gratitude is present, the soul is healthy. When gratitude is present, the soul is healthy. When gratitude is absent, the soul is sickly. And you'll take on other characteristics and you'll react and so forth. Gratitude is, I put it this way, gratitude is the secret sauce of happy, healthy Christianity. So I'm blessed. Everybody say, I'm blessed. blessed. 
And I am grateful. Say that. I am grateful. And what happens then is when I am blessed and I am grateful, then gratitude fuels generosity. See, what God really is after is this. He wants to produce in us and through us blessing, gratitude, and that gratitude now will fuel a life of generosity. Uh, Let's go ahead and read in uh, John chapter 12. John chapter 12, and it says, Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus. Watch this. The man he had raised from the dead. Next verse. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. I'm telling you what, uh, if this happened today, there'd be pictures from this party in People Magazine and on TMZ. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served. Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Go ahead. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. Go ahead. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, watch this, that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. So Mary showed just extravagant generosity. This ointment, this perfumed ointment that she poured out on his feet, as we, as we just read, was valued at about a year's wages. Now, just think about what you would make in a year. We would be hard-pressed to say that in a moment, in an act of honor, I'm going to give away a year's wages. Why did she do this? I'll tell you why she did this. Gratitude. Gratitude. Gratitude for what? Lazarus, her brother, had been raised from the dead, and she's honoring Jesus. When we realize how blessed we are, and when we become grateful, our value system shifts a little bit. And so in the moment to honor and to thank Jesus, it was worth more for her. Sometimes we have value mixed up, and we hold on to things because we're valuing it in a different value system. But see what happens when she realized Jesus is here. My brother is here. He, he raised him from the dead. Then out of her gratitude, that gratitude fueled this extravagant generosity. Also notice, though, one of the characters was Judas Iscariot. I, I'll just go ahead and tell you, Judas was not grateful. There was not gratitude in his heart. So guess what? He was not generous at all. And when gratitude is missing from your heart, uh, generosity will be missing from your heart. And then pick up the symptoms of Judas here. He was critical. He was complaining. He was greedy. And he was a thief. So there again, when gratitude is present in your heart, in your life, then the soul is healthy. And gratitude then fuels generosity in our life. Second uh, Corinthians 8 verse 12 in the Message Bible says this, the heart regulates the hand. The heart 
regulates the hand. The condition of the heart is going to determine if you're stingy, if you're generous, or how you give in kindness and so forth. So gratitude fuels generosity, and it it helps us to be set up for a generous life, to live a generous life. Look at me. That is the best life to live, a generous life. Look with me in Proverbs 11, if you will, Proverbs 11. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Read this next part with me. The world of the stingy gets what? Smaller and smaller. Go ahead with the next verse. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. The best way to live is the life of generosity. And when we bless others, we do see that we are blessed. We do see that. The other translations say you water others, you yourself will be watered. But I resist, get this, I resist and I reject a gospel that would teach this, watch this, that we are to give to get. Okay, that's, that, is not, that is not what Scripture teaches us. You say, well, we give and we receive. We do, but it's a byproduct. It is a result. It should never be the motivation. You bless others, you water others, you yourself will be watered, you yourself will be blessed, but that's the result of living in the generous life. That is not the motivation. We should never give to get, because when we do that, that's not generosity. I also reject and resist the gospel that would say this, that we have to give. We're supposed to give. Some people teach so heavy-handed on this and condemnation and fear that people are afraid that if they don't give, uh, somebody's going to run over their mailbox this afternoon and the dryer's going to break tomorrow morning. You know, they just kind of live with that. The blessing of God is off your life and, and, and they're just hounded into giving. And that is not generosity either. That is fear. And we don't have to give. We'll see in a few moments. You're going to want to give. Uh, and God, God will take care of the cheerful giver. We'll see it in just a moment. This is what I do embrace. I embrace this, that we get to give. We get to give. When you understand, and, and seriously, when you take the time, not just what I shared with you this morning, but when you take the time, and I would say do it sooner than later, and just get before God and just rehearse just how blessed you are. When you realize that, and the gratitude really starts to spring up in your heart, and you realize God's purpose is that he's blessed you so you can be a blessing, generosity starts to flow out of that gratitude, and you realize, I get to give. I get to give. And realize this, all blessings come from God, but also all blessings come through relationships. God uses people, and I want to be used of God. How about you? So get this, we teach this often here. When you make it your business to be generous, God will make sure you will always be able to be generous. Now, when you make it your business to be blessed or you make your business to prosper, I think you're kind of on your own. But when you can see the big picture there, when you make it your business to be generous, to live this generous life, God will make sure that you're always able to be generous. You might be saying, give me some scripture. Here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 11. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. How many of you know that's true? Anybody disagree with that? How many of you know if you go out and you plant four beans, you're only going to get a small crop? And if you only plant four beans, I don't really think you're a farmer. 
But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. I was just up a week or so ago visiting my brother. He lives in Thomasville, Georgia. And he was having some surgery, and he's doing awesome. And, um, but driving around up there and next to his house even, there are, it's not acres, it is miles of cotton and miles of peanuts. And folks, that did not just happen. It didn't just happen. Somebody went through the effort and the expense to get out there and to plant generously. And as a result of it, there, it is everywhere. And that's the kind of life that we want to live so that there can be a generous crop in the lives, in our life and the lives around us. Go ahead with the next verse. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Remember we talked about the have to give, not doing that. For, here's why, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Go ahead. And God will generously provide all you need. Watch this now. God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. It's exactly what we've been talking about. Go ahead. As the scriptures, the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Go ahead. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources. He'll replenish you and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. And then finally, look at this. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. When you make it your business to live a generous life, to be generous, God will make sure that you're always able to be generous because you're doing things his way. Can I get a better amen? Amen. All right. Now, bottom line. You ready for the bottom line? It's all God's. I hate to break your heart just before lunch, but it's all God's. Everything is God's. Come on, church, where are you? Everything is God's. Everything. Um, everything you have has been given to you. Everything. You have nothing that is self-generated, nothing. The Bible warns us in Deuteronomy chapter 8, it says, be careful that you don't say, now follow this, be careful that you don't say it's my hand and my might that has gained me this. He said, because in that day you've forgotten the Lord and you need to re- always remember this, it is the Lord who's giving you the power to get anything. I I believe this. You couldn't find your way to work two days in a row if it wasn't for the help of God. Amen? Everything comes from God. And we're to be a good steward of what he has entrusted us with. And then we're to use things not just to consume upon ourselves. God, well, we've read it. We see it clearly. It's replete in Scripture. God will take care of us of you, but God wants to use you also to help others. So all that I have, all that you have is God's and we are to use it as stewards and use it for his purposes. And we're to use things to help others. And I want to say something. I just want to be real strong and bold about this too. We're also to use what we have to, to help the work of the kingdom of God. You and I are to help make the local church strong through our giving, through our serving, 
We are to make sure that the local church is strong. And I can stand before you today and tell you I'm thankful that the church is strong. But the church, if there's ever been a day that the church of Jesus Christ needs to be vibrant, alive, awake, well-taught, well-resourced. The church needs to be strong. It's in the days that we're in right now, the church must be strong. Amen. So you've got to know how blessed you are. It's been said this way, that, that for a believer, this is all the hell you'll ever see. For the unbeliever... This is all the heaven they're ever going to see. This is as close as we're ever going to get to hell, the life that we're living right now. And we want to help people make it to heaven and not go to hell. And we have a message. We have the message. And it needs to be loud and it needs to be clear. And the church needs to be strong. And the church needs to be bold. And we need to do everything that God has put in our hearts. So the people of God must know how blessed they are. Gratitude must rise up in our hearts. And then generosity to flow out of that gratitude so that we serve and give in such a way that it advances the work of the kingdom of God and the local church is strong. Somebody say amen today. And I believe this. Haggai... Haggai would support this. Haggai chapter 1. If you take care of God's house, God will take care of your house. And I believe this across your life. If you put God first, God will take care of the rest. He will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Who else can stand and sing, this is how we fight our battles. I can praise God and have, I can have supernatural help. You don't know how much you've been protected. You don't know how much you've been forgiven of. You don't know that no weapon formed against you would prosper. And every tongue that would rise up against you in judgment, God says, not so. That's your, that's your heritage as a servant of the Lord. And so we can't walk around mealy mouth and let culture and, and society and news speak for the kingdom of God. The voice of the church, the voice of the kingdom of God must rise up. And I'm going to tell you what, there is revival on fire in places in this planet. And the U.S., we had our day. And I'm not letting our day go. But I'm telling you, in Central and South America and sections of Asia, it is phenomenal. The work of God, the revival of God, the miracles of God that are taking place. And we can't get so sophisticated and stuck And let CNN or somebody else tell us that the church is dead and needs to be quiet. The church is alive and the church is well. And and if I mention a network, I was not advertising. You put God first. He will take care of the rest. Was I just yelling? I feel like I was yelling. Listen. You put God first. He, he made this promise. I didn't. He will take care of the rest. And he often does it in supernatural and unexplainable ways. Come on, anybody here ever had God come through for you, provide for you, help you in some way? You, you can't explain it. And he'll do it again. I cannot tell you 
how many times in my own life, in my own family, in the, in the life of this ministry, that in supernatural, unexpected, unexplainable ways, God comes through and God comes through and God comes through. Amen. So that makes me all the more day and night morning and evening and throughout the day to thank God for my blessings from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. We're to give him thanks and praise and realize how blessed we are. And then we live grateful. And then we live generous. Woo! <laughs> Luke, back to our program. Luke, Luke chapter 16. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. It's figurative here. Then, when your earthly possessions are gone, it literally is saying when you die, when it's over for you, they, who, the friends that you made, will welcome you into an eternal home. Realize this, that your resources... Your giving and your serving can be used to bring people to Jesus. And when you die, those people will welcome you into heaven. I believe that our serving and our giving can help people come to Jesus. Today, we're broadcasting at an at a East Campus. And that is only possible, first of all, because God led us to do that, and that it's through your generous giving and generous serving that that's up and running. And right now, we're just a month into it. It's averaging 550, 600 people are over at the East, at the East Campus right now. That's a beautiful thing. People are wandering in there. People are getting invited there. People are giving their life to Jesus there. Some people stopped us in a restaurant the other day and they said, we haven't been to church forever, but this is near our house and we're seeing all the commotion. So we went. We love it. In the park next door just a couple weeks ago, a, a, a child, I don't know if it was a little boy or a little girl, fell, kind of busted their nose, were all bloodied up, and they didn't know what to do. The family didn't know what to do. And they saw all this going on over at the East Campus. And so they went over there, and there's this family of believers, our church family, our dream team. It quickly just took care of them and helped them and loved on them and, and gave them refreshments and, and everything else. It's, that's, that's what we're talking about. And we... We can do what we are doing today. And we can do it here at the central campus and at the east campus. And right now we're, we're sending out, there, there'll be a couple thousand people that will watch online on a Sunday. And then all week long it's available, it's all the time. All that is available. Why? Because people need the Lord. And so far in, in 2018, so far in 2018, almost 700 people have made a decision to receive Jesus as their Savior through the ministry of Meadowbrook. Hallelujah. Oops, I got to get done. So let's use our giving, let's use our serving for eternal purposes because only God can turn our serving and our giving into souls. Only God can use our serving and our giving so families can be healed. Only God can use our serving and our giving so people could be free and their sins could be forgiven. And thus, don't miss this, and thus the battle. 
Because the devil knows. The devil knows that, we can, that God can use such things as serving and giving. And it ends up being souls in heaven. So there's a battle. And so, and I'll just end with this. Our giving is worship. But our giving is not just worship. Our giving is warfare. Our serving is worship. But our serving is not just worship. Our serving is warfare. And I'm telling you what, we are going to war. And the first battle waged is at the very beginning to stop you from serving, to stop you from giving. Because if the enemy of your soul can convince you of that, let me just recommend this to you. You need to turn off the TV some more and turn off talk radio for a while and get off social media for a while or forever (laughs) and stop letting the world around us tell us what is normal and right and what works and doesn't work and hinder you and hinder you and discourage you and think there's no use, there's no hope, this really doesn't work. I'm telling you, this works. And what you've got to realize is my serving and my giving is warfare and it is worship for the kingdom of God. So this is what you do when you go out of here today and sometime today, sooner than later, you need to take a walk, take a bath, take a nap, do something and get alone with God and get into the practice and the habit, the daily discipline of just identifying just how blessed you are. And let, it, let gratitude start to just spring up in you like never before. And then as gratitude springs up in you, that's the heart condition God wanted. Your soul's going to be so healthy and generosity will start to just flow out of that. People's lives are going to be helped. God's going to be glorified. We live to give. We live to serve. And I got to stop right there. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Let's do this. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please, just these last few moments here. Hey, listen, if you've never opened your heart and received Jesus as Savior, he loves you. He has a plan for your life. He wants to do you good. He wants to give you a home in heaven forever. And he wants to help you in this life. And if you've never received him, I'm going to lead us all in a prayer in just a few moments here. And if you'll just take this prayer, make this your prayer. Pray it from your heart. Others of you, maybe you have a relationship with the Lord, but you know it's not where it needs to be right now. Use this prayer as well. Uh, and then those of you today, you would, maybe you would be able to say, all is well with me and the Lord. God bless you in that. But I want you to also pray this prayer and pray it strong with us so we can help encourage and affirm those around us. Everybody, let's pray this prayer together right now. Father God, I come to you now in Jesus' name. Jesus, who loves me, gave himself for me. Lord, I love you, and I give myself to you. I ask you right now, Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Savior and be my Lord. And by the blood of Jesus, shed for me. Forgive me right now of every sin. Cleanse me 
from all unrighteousness. Make me brand new and set me free. Now fill me with your peace, with your joy, with the Holy Spirit, and with the assurance. You'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. I thank you now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 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 Can we celebrate with those who made that decision today? Yes. If you would, I want to talk to those people right now so everybody remains seated just as we communicate with those who made that commitment for the first time. We're here to commit to you that we will walk with you and help you go from where you are to where God wants you to be. In order to do that, we need you to take one moment and fill out this green card located in the seat back in front of you. And you can drop this off at one of our ushers as you leave today or in our guest services area in our lobby. This will allow us to get some information to you as you go on this journey. And then if today was your first time here, please fill out this blue card and drop this off at one of our VIP areas located on the north or south entrance. You can hand them this card and they'll give you a coupon in return for our cafe for any drink of your choice. And then Pastor Tim talked about kindness cards. We have those ready for you right now. As you leave today, at the north and south entrance, you'll see somebody with a basket. We've banded together uh, groups of cards, so take however many you think you need so that you can bless somebody in your sphere of influence, in your neighborhood, in, in your community, or just a perfect stranger. Let them know that they are loved and that they are appreciated. If you have any prayer requests, you can come forward at the end of service, and we'll have a prayer team ready to pray with you. Other than that, I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday, and we'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.